You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn Reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm so glad that you decided to join us again here today. I'm I'm grinning as I, you know, anyway, like I have the most amazing work in the world. Um, I get to connect with so many fantastic people. And today's guest is absolutely no exception. I know you can already feel it kind of emanating because we were we were talking before we got on here to share with you lovely people. And, and that's why I'm like, wait, we have to stop. This is such good. He, he's just a, a wealth of wisdom. And, and, and knowing this in this beautiful package of like nonchalantness. So it's, it's, it's really this wonderful expression of the beingness of, of how things can can really be here, right? Like not just what we've been fed or what we've chosen to believe or what our <laughs> scarcity or fears have crafted for us, but really that that full expression of self. And so we're, we're talking today about radical harmony. And the reason why this lights me up so much is because in, in our work, you know, we talk about frequencies and vibrations and that's fun and it's exciting and all that jazz, or we're talking about being in alignment with the divine and walking in harmony with God. And that's a beautiful picture, but ultimately in, in we, there, there are some real radical steps that a lot of us have to take because most of us don't already have that, right? We're not currently living in that. And so it's great to kind of wistfully want it, but, but you can only change what you're willing to change. And so, so this conversation on radical harmony, it's kind of these juxtaposed terms where it's like radicals kind of got this edge to it. Harmony is like, nah, but, but that is sort of the experience is it's, it's the bringing it all together, right? The culmination and the integration of that. Um, and, and to me, that's really this sweet spot that, that our guest sits in. And so I'm going to not waste any more time and bring him on so you can enjoy him as well. Please, please, please join me in welcoming to the show Udo Erasmus. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, thank you, Tonya. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it for sure is. And I didn't even give you all like like you need to if you don't already know who he is. One, then then that that's silly. So you should educate yourselves, and you can go to the the episode page and find out more. But it's kind of like he's done all these really cool stuff, and he's contributed to the world in these really amazing ways. But but the yummiest part about it is is he just is right this beingness, and so so that's where we're going to start, and you're going to discover. Um, all of the ways that he's already touched the world and some, some hopefully maybe he'll share some of his creative visions moving forward. But for right now, we're going to ask him, what are your superpowers and how are you using them for good right now? I, I, I think my superpower is I had a, in 1970, at a time when I was super desperate and really confused and really sincere because of that and really wanted to know, I had a meeting with a being of light who gave me very short instructions about what life is about. And uh, nine words, I am come not to judge, but to love. Mm. And, uh, and I have never had since then had a question of what the central message of the masters was, nor what the message of life is for the body like mm. your body, my body, life unconditionally loves my body. Mm. 24, 7, 365, never takes time off, never goes on strike, never vindictive. <laughs> Even if I say, I hate my life, it just takes care of me. And, uh, and 
my goal really in life, my primary purpose is to embody that sentence. And it's a work, and I'm definitely a work in progress. <laughs> but but the master lives within every human being. That's the superpower. What is that master? That master is solar energy that went into green leaves that excited electrons so they formed bonds in which that solar energy is stored to make molecules. Those become our food. When we eat those foods, we break them down and that solar energy is released and that energy is our life. That energy is omnipresent within us, like everywhere present in our body, knows everything in our body, weighs nothing but runs everything without me having to give it instructions or without the world having to give it instructions, doing it all the time, omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, and all power in the body, solar energy. Now, I just gave you the scientific explanation, which is how we study energy from outside. You know, we're seeing light, but when you go internal and bring your awareness and your focus inside, then you get the subjective experience of it, and it turns out that you are the light. <laughs> and we actually know that because if I point to you and I say, whose body is that? Most people would say, oh, well, that's my body. So we have just said we are not the body. We are the owner of the body. Hmm. We act in our life like we were the body. So we sleep <laughs> for the body and eat for the body and go to the bathroom for the body and brush our teeth for the body and have sex for the body and, you know, and get a job to make money to get the stuff we need for the body. So we're living our life as though we were the body. But actually, we are the owner of the body, and life is the owner of the body. And then if I ask, how well do you know yourself as the owner of your body? Most people would have to say, not very well, because I never look. Because mm -hmm. you'd have to look inside to get in touch with that. And we're mostly Beautiful. always looking outside for everything. That's absolutely right. It's, it reminds me of a, one of the most profound experiences I've had is, um, and I, I don't remember what the catalyst was to set me on this trajectory, but it was an awareness of um, not being the mind, right? That was the base level of like, wait, I can't be my mind. Well, how, how come? Well, because I can think about my mind, I can talk about it, like I can name it. Like, and so it just kind of took me on this whole trajectory and, mm -hmm. and um, it was this kind of rapid growth activation process I was in. And then it was not the body, not the this, not the energy field, not the this. And then it just kept going and going and going and going. It's like, well, if I can name it, I must not be it, right? Then who am I? Like, what? where does this end, right? Where does this take us? And so it helped me understand a lot about um, the evolution of creative thought and, and the constructs that we create and build, but also right. what's what's real underneath of that. And and I remember um, getting to a place, uh, we were driving to uh, a conference and and it was just, I was on this trajectory and, and all of a sudden it just hit me and, it, and I just started like kind of laughing maniacally, right? My husband's looking at me like I've, I've lost it finally. And um, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like this whole like jokes on us kind of like, like there was no, we, we just are, 
Like there's no, like I am like, yes, there is. I am, but there's no identifying in that. Cause the second you identify it, you lose it. Like, and I was just kind of on this like whirlwind kind of thing of realizing we've been here all along. <laughs> like, wait a second, yeah. what were right. we doing? You know, and yeah. it was, it, it was, it was just the beginning of opening up the, the idea that, that we can, it both can be true, right? We can be thinking we're having these experiences, as you said, identifying as the body, identifying as our thoughts, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's okay, right? We can do that if we want to, but but ultimately, what we will come to the realization that that the essence of who we are is something much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your husband thought you lost it, but you had actually just found it. Found it. That's right. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. how do you explain this to anybody? Like, Why, yeah, crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because you know, if you think about it, your body, 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced every year. Mm-hmm. So almost your entire body is removed and replaced. So your body is actually in a flow of change. You see, so it's not not mm-hmm. it's not something fixed. It's not mm-hmm. so noticeable if you don't That's pay a great attention. Visual. That's a great visual. How about this one? Water. You know, you're we're like we're like waterfalls. You pour water in the top, and then it waterfalls out of out the bottom. And, and <laughs> that's how and it how, works, huh? <laughs> yeah, and and how much and how much water is that? Well, twelve times your weight in water every year. So we're just the like we're like a trickle waterfall, really. <laughs> I think, <laughs> right? And then how about oxygen? Well, oxygen. You know, you bring it in, you get a little bit of it, and then you you blow out carbon dioxide. So the oxygen is always turning over in your body too. And then the light that is your life is also a flow because it's the flow of solar energy through your body. Okay, well, there's nothing fixed in any of that. And then the food, obviously, the the molecules, they're they're moving through your body all the time too. Like you're just a combination of a whole bunch of different rate flows. Right. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. And, the, and, and the, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And then I say, okay, well, then who am I? It's like, well, I'm not anything. Yeah. Except if you get to the bottom, you get off the body, off the mind, off the, uh, the life energy that's in flow. And behind that is an awareness that has no substance, that is completely unchangeable. And that is the foundation of everything. It's the foundation of my existence. It's the foundation of your existence. It's the foundation of every listener's existence. And it's also the foundation of the existence of the universe. (laughs) And that place is absolute peace Mm -hmm. that has always been everywhere. Only we never look at it because we have to look inward because our access to the peace that is everywhere Mm -hmm. is through the core of our of our being centered basically centered in our chest that's brilliant the we get asked all the time you know how how we do what we do some sometimes around the developmental pieces our marriage or our family or whatever but mm-hmm. but a lot of people are really fascinated with how the businesses were able right. to do what they did and, yeah. and I, I just kind of laugh i was like well you kind of have to be willing to to build when you can't see the ground underneath your feet like like it, it's the most remarkable journey you know we I, i'm like we we knowingly built multi-dimensional business models because mm-hmm. we, we couldn't exhaust them like they're they're built in divine design like they follow exactly what you're talking about but it, yeah. it really it, it requires an ability to and a willingness to um stand without 
um, what you previously perceived of as solidity and foundation beneath your feet. Yeah, you're um, actually you're fictitious. actually you're actually building into the unknown. That's right. And being willing to continue to allow that to yeah. expand and evolve in its own organic kind of divine design brilliance. It works inside of us, yeah. it works in the businesses. Um, and it's really evident when there's something discordant with it. And so I love this conversation around mm -hmm. the beingness that must supersede any expression of harmony. Um, but but let's yeah. we're, we need to take a quick break here before yeah. we do. Where should we guide people who are already obviously super fascinated with you? Where can we guide them to, well, to find out more <clears throat> about you? Uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm not hard to find. I have a YouTube channel. It's mostly about nutrition. Uh, but but I always sneak other stuff in there too, <laughs> and uh, I I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I have a website called Udo's Choice U D O S Choice dot com. That's about the, the the nutritional products I developed and we talk about why we make them and how we made them and what the point of them is. And then I have one other website. It's UdoErasmus dot com or the Udo T H E U D O dot com. And that's uh, educational, and we were we're just building that, uh, and it has some uh, courses on it, and so that's basically where. Beautiful. But well, probably we'll if have... you stand on your street corner and yell really loud, Udo, <laughs> don't be surprised if I show up. <laughs> no, our our folks are just going to send you telepathic messages. That's oh yeah, how that's there you go. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I then and I'll blame my sleepless nights then that's on right. them. That's right. <laughs> We, I sleep we've got really broad well. shoulders. <laughs> I sleep really well. If that changes, uh, uh, we'll have to talk about it. <laughs> you know where to go, right? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. We're talking today with Udo Erasmus about a radical harmony. You're gonna, you're gonna want to stay with us, folks, for the rest of this conversation. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna explore this concept even further. So stay tuned. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Brilliant. You're listening to the science of superpowers. We're talking today with Udo Erasmus about radical harmony. And I know you were on before the, the break. And so you got to hear just what a wonderful um, depth of wisdom and expression that Udo brings to the conversation. I love that, that you're working in the health space. I love that you're, you're talking about the body because I, I think all too often the, the visionaries and the, the esoterics who kind of comprehend this these really kind of out there and bizarre concepts at times um, mm -hmm. are challenged sometime in the convergence process and, 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 and vice versa. And so um, a lot of the really successful work we're seeing is, is that integrative space, that, that bridging space between um, you know, the, the conceptual and, and, and the actualization. And so how did, how did that come about? Like, like where, how did you center in around this, the, the health stuff and the body stuff? Well, I, yeah, I, I was a, 
refugee kid in, uh, I was born in 1942. So I was a refugee before I was three years old. And we were fleeing in horse-drawn hay wagons, mothers with young children, uh, out of Poland into Germany with the communists chasing us from behind in tanks and trucks and on roads that had no military presence. And the allies were using us, you know, the good guys, <laughs> the so-called good guys, <laughs> were using us as target practice, shooting at us mm. from planes. And so it, it was very chaotic. I, I don't remember a lot, but just the fear and the anxiety and the confusion and not feeling safe and not knowing what I could count on. And it, I mean, it was really chaotic. And my mother ended up leaving the road and going through the fields because it was safer going through the fields. And it was in winter. She left four of her six kids behind. I was one of the ones that left, got left behind. I was in an orphanage for a while. Probably is a pretty intense experience for a two-year-old. <laughs> All of a sudden, mother's gone, <laughs> and uh, and and you know, no reliable uh, access back. Eventually, we got reunited. But I think that that experience set me up for the a, a the concept, the the thought that I had when I watched adults argue when I was six years old. And I didn't like the energy of the arguments. It always like, and it maybe reminded me of all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it thought to be, I thought, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And then the thought came, and I'm going to find out how. <laughs> Had no idea where to start, but this was like, yeah, this is what I want. And that, that's, that's been my driver all my life. So when I got when it came to education, I got into science to understand how things work. Mm -hmm. Then I got into biosciences to figure out how creatures work. And in biosciences, I actually thought, you know, biology means life's study of life. And I always thought that I would get, I would end up with a beaker, like a glass beaker of life. It would be liquid and shining. And I pictured this beaker half full of this liquid light. Hmm. But I realized after a few years that we're not learning about life here. We're learning about bodies. We're mm -hmm. learning about form. We're learning about function. If we start with a living organism, by the time we're done, it's dead. We never mm -hmm. captured the life. <laughs> you know, we just twitched, twitched the nerve and twitched the muscle. That's or right. did, did something like that. And so I realized we're not, we're not learning about life science. We're not learning about life in life sciences. No, we take then it I got out. In, then I got into psychology, and that means study of soul. <laughs> we didn't learn about soul in psychology. <clears throat> we learned about mental function. <clears throat> then I got into, into medicine for a year because I wanted to know what health is. Because it seemed to me that if I knew what health is and somebody came to me sick, all I would have to do is turn them around in the direction of health give them a push and watch them get better. But I'd have to know in what direction to push them. So I'd have to know what health is. So I found out very quickly, medicine is only about disease. Mm -hmm. And I asked the dean, what is health? He said, we don't know, we're working on it. So <laughs> I went back into biosciences because at least you're studying normal creatures in normal situations, living normally, which is a, a study of health. And you ended up in biochemistry and genetics. And then I still didn't find, you know, you know, the YouTube song, 
and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> so I left university and ended up uh, doing a little bit of psychedelic stuff. And, <laughs> and then I decided I, I would not do that anymore because I was getting burnt out on it because they're pretty intense. The mm -hmm. psychedelics, they have a, they have a, they have a good, good role to play under good supervision used properly. Uh, for me, they blew the door open. Like my, mm -hmm. I was very shy and very tight, very, you know, cross my mm -hmm. arms on, uh, over my chest. That was me. <laughs> and I didn't like talking in public. And, and I, I spent a lot of time reading books because they were safe. And the psychedelics blew the door open for me. Uh, basically, I laughed and I rolled around on the floor laughing and crying to Mozart music. And it struck me as the funniest thing that I'd ever come across, that everything I was so studiously looking for on the outside was already all present within me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, okay. And then I, I, stopped, uh, I stopped doing that because I basically said, I, I just have one body. I, I need to take care of it. So I need to spend some time just, just to, to give, it, give it some rest. And before the two years were up, I, I met somebody who said, hey, the peace that you search for in the world is within you, and I can reveal you that peace. And uh, that, was, uh, that, was, that was really exciting for me because I was peace was a big deal for me because I came mm -hmm. out of the war. And so I joined the peace movement, and that turned out to be an anti-war movement, so I left that. And uh, I wanted to know what peace is. And I didn't think he could because I was 30 at that point and he was 14. And I said, what's a 14-year-old going to teach me? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know, of course, either you can or you can't. But, but I, you know, this was like, well, what's a 14-year-old going to teach me? I've been around. And, uh, and then I started doing a practice where I actually took time every day to become really still, as still I could, as I could be, as deep as I can go and explore the space that my body occupies, the inner space that my body occupies, and particularly through my senses. What's, what can I see in the darkness? What can I hear in the silence? What can I feel in the emptiness? What can I taste in the blandness? And to use my senses to measure energy inside not just outside because your mm -hmm. senses measure energy right movement is energy and color is energy and and shapes are energy and sounds are energy and tastes are energy and touch is energy so our senses monitor energy we they do it outside where that's this how we were made we do that outside because we need to assess change for survival because if you, something changes, you got to check out, is this friend, is this foe, or is this irrelevant? And then on the basis of that assessment, you then take whatever action you need to take. And it's all based on survival. And it happens Brilliant. automatically. Our senses, our awareness, is draw, our focus of awareness is drawn outside through our senses by change for survival. <clears throat> But there's nothing that brings our senses 
inside because there's nothing inside of, of us going, hey, look at me or hey. That's right. You have right? to choose it. And in, in fact, if you go deep enough inside, there's nothing going on. It's completely mm-hmm. peaceful. So there's nothing to draw my awareness back inside. So going back inside has to be deliberate. And as close as we get to something calling us is when our heart aches. Mm -hmm. I call it thirst of the heart, but we have tons of names for it. Grief, longing, striving, separation, anxiety, loss, uh, blues, you know, somebody dumps you, you know, and it's because we, we live so much with our awareness outside that we attach ourselves to things, hoping that they will fulfill us. But something on the outside can't fulfill an emptiness on the inside. Mm-hmm. We have to go inside. And that emptiness didn't come from something going missing. That emptiness came from our senses, our, our, sorry, our awareness, disconnecting from inside where it was when we were in our mother's womb, because there was nothing to go out to. There was nothing to do. Going outside and disconnecting from inside in that process. Mm-hmm. That, and, I love, and, I love. and that happens, that begins when we're born. And from that disconnection comes all of the things that we call by, I've got 10 pages of names, we call it, call this uneasy feeling in our chest when something ends or we lose something or somebody betrays our trust or somebody dies, we come back to that because, and that is actually our heart calling our awareness to come back home inside to its source in life. Mm -hmm. That's the call to come home. And it's the greatest. Oh, go ahead. And it's the greatest gift we've been given other than being alive, because if it wasn't for that call to come home, we would get completely lost in the world and would never find our way back. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. That's that realization of, of that we never really left. And I love that you um, made that a practice and spoke to it because the tendency or the resistance to looking within is the single determining factor of whether or not somebody's going to persevere through something or not, because the um, one, we don't talk about it enough. So I appreciate you, mm-hmm. the fact that you talk about it and that you share that experience, but also the, um, it, 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 we feel like it's scary, you know? And so, so the more you can attune yourself folks yeah. to that space and that, that de- and the deeper you can go and the deeper, and those are, I, I know so many of you in the woo woo kind of spiritual spaces like that, it feels like death to kind of go internal sometimes because you want to be out there exploring and, and, mm-hmm. and, and looking outside of yourself, uh, which mm-hmm. is, is beautiful and that's fun. And, and we can do that. But by our estimation, you can really only explore so far out as you're willing to go deep. Going deep really is the key to, to putting it all together. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself at odds with, with the material world, with your body, with all of yeah. the other components here. Um, the integration piece has to happen. And that's that's so much of our work in the in the superpower programs arena, um, mm-hmm. and and of course that's what you know. If you, if 
for those of you who've been listening for a while, that's that's ultimately what what we hope to guide you to because of that real clear responsibility piece and and what Udo's sharing. Like, make no mistake about it, folks. That that's a practice. That's a discipline. That's a willingness to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to find truth, my truth through through through, so that I know it, that I, that I'm in it, that I can feel it. Um, everybody deserves that. And you shouldn't settle for, for anything less. You know, yeah. we talk a lot about settling for the consolation prize and it's like, don't do it. It's there, there is a rich, very deep experience, a harmonious experience to be had here. Um, but you really do have to be willing to do what it takes to get there. And a lot of times it means dismantling what you thought was. And so Udo, your story is so incredibly inspiring and um, not just in the sense that that you have these external experiences, as you've discussed, that's mm-hmm. not the richness. It's it's the internalization and, and the and the journey that you willingly endeavored to pursue, so that you could come out of that and and find that 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 harmonious place, and then reflect that for others. And, and I, for one, um, hold gratitude for you for that. So thank you for for doing that work in the world. Are there, are there last thoughts that you want to share with everybody and insights you want to, you want to give before we have to break? Yeah. You were talking about people being afraid of what they're going to find. You know, they, our our magnificence lives inside of us, not in our (laughs) mind. That's why we're afraid. (laughs) Not in our mind, not in our mind. Our mind has been programmed by fear in order to control us by whoever wants to control us. Could be parents, mm-hmm. could be teachers, could be, could be employers, could be governments. I mean, so so we get our head filled with oh something is wrong and you got to count on us to to fix it. But the mm-hmm. truth is nothing is wrong with you, and the master lives inside of you. <laughs> the master is running your show already. It's not like you got to do some formula and join some group and you know have your own experience. That's right. Of the master. Not. Of the master right. within you that is actually your individual essence. And there's nothing but magnificence and light and and harmony and mm. and beauty and awesomeness in that place in you mm. that is your actual. Well, it's more real, it's the most real that's in you. Brilliant. And, <clears throat> and how we got so lost from that is simply because we didn't understand that this ache is the greatest gift we have and to sit with that ache instead of trying to distract ourselves from it sit <laughs> with it sit with it and you might you know it's it's in, it can be intense you might cry when i started doing that i did for about 6 months every day i sat down i cried and <laughs> tension got released that made this maybe my uncried tears you know through through 30 mm-hmm. years uh, no images associated with it, just tension release. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, my God, this is so hard. And then one day I, I said, you know, I wonder what would happen if I said this was really easy. And so I started, not because it was easy, but I said, oh, man, this is so easy. And you know, it became easy. And I realized that I was telling myself it was hard and was making it hard because of that. <laughs> right? The world you're seeing is based on what you believed yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I was cr- I was creating that with my own thoughts, <laughs> and then and then when I did my started doing my practice, I started feeling whole. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was always looking around in the world and saying, 
what can I do that will get me taken care of? Because I didn't mm. feel taken care of because my heart ached all the time. Yeah. And so I was, and I wouldn't do things that needed to be done because I couldn't see mm -hmm. how they would take care of me. Right. So I, and then you had to take care of others. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then when it changed, when I didn't feel taken care of, I knew what to do because I just had to come home to where the care lives inside of me. And then I was like, okay, I'm, it's not about me anymore. I'm taking care of what needs to be done around here. How can I help? What's the biggest splash for good I can make in the time mm -hmm. I have on this planet? <laughs> and then at it, and so what came out of that is basically like this. Eight billion people could live their lives lit up from within because the light's already there. It's just a matter of looking into it instead of looking away from it. Mm. When we do that, we will feel so cared for that we won't need more and we'll stop stealing each other's stuff. When we stop stealing each other's stuff, we can live in harmony. <laughs> and when we live in harmony, it's very simple to make sure that everybody's basic needs are met on a long-term sustainable basis. That's and exactly right. It's like, it's not rocket science, like, but, but we no. have to be willing to twist the conversation. But none of the changes that need to happen that we're under pressure to make will get made until we feel whole inside. And okay. that requires us to come home to do our homework and, and to learn to delight in doing our homework. And then we will begin to create a world from wholeness because our per perception, our state of being is what we bring to expression. So if we're angry, then we'll do, do damage. If we're, if we're fearful, we'll, we'll not do what needs to be done. If we feel the peace and the unconditional love that is the core of our being, then we will live peace and unconditional love into the world. Mm -hmm. We won't get peace from doing something on the outside. We will get peace in the world from bringing it into the world. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't feel peace and I don't feel peace and we're in a relationship, then where is the peace in the relationship supposed to come from? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, amen, brother. I like, so, I like what you're preaching. I think you're on the right <laughs> track. And um, I think the world's a better place because of it. This is, um, yeah. folks, flip it inside out. That that's pretty much uh, the, the the way to go. And um, this yeah. is that that looking within truly is the secret. Uda, I, I love what you're doing. Appreciate you. Make sure yeah. you check out his stuff, folks. Go to we we've got all we've got all the all the links. But but you can go to udoerasmus.com if you just can't wait for. To, to get back online to get the link but um this is this is fantastic thank, thank you for that work and for joining us today I, I think we have more conversations to have and i'm just i'm just delighting in the right. the, the parallels of our journeys yeah. and the discoveries <clears throat> and um folks this is the next, richness you seek it time. and and don't settle for less yes sir yeah next time we'll talk about the buddha tank I like it. We, we I, I've got a list of about 50 things we could talk about. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, folks. Thanks for listening. We love you. We appreciate your loyalty and with the fact that you share these with other people. Um, we, we, we love hearing the messages of, of, you know, right message, right time. And thank you so much and keep those coming. You know, we, while, while we're very dedicated to our walk, we love hearing yeah. the, the accolades and the, um, and the fact that it matters to you all. So, so we, we, we see the numbers, 
um, but know that we care about you also. So uh, thank you for staying with us, folks. We, we take care of each other, uh, take care of yourselves, yeah. and we will talk again and next time. Bye for thank, now. And thank you what, for what you do. Oh, you're so welcome, my dear. You're so welcome. Bye for now, everyone. <laughs>